celebrating 25 years of Utah's outdoor and Western lifestyle, Western Life Radio is coming up next. Celebrate the 60th anniversary of Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. Visit Utah's crown jewels throughout the year with a wide range of activities for your entire family. From boating and fishing to special events or educational opportunities, Utah State Parks offers plenty of adventures, scenery, and memories. An annual State Park Pass gives your family day use access to most of Utah's 43 parks, featuring history, beauty, and recreation. $75 annual passes are good for 12 months from date of purchase. And don't forget to make camping reservations year-round. Options include tent sites, deluxe RV sites, cabins, yurts, and teepees. Stop by the trailhead for your next outdoor adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. Get online, on board, and on track with Utah State Parks online education for OHVs and PWCs. OHV education is required for youth aged 8 to 15, and PWC education is required for youth aged 12 to 17. Utah's personal watercraft and off-highway vehicle youth education programs required by law are now online at www.stateparks.utah.gov. Sportsman's Warehouse started right here in Midvale, so you probably already know Sportsman's Warehouse is the headquarters for everything hunting. And with fall fast approaching, Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need to gear up for the hunt. And for the campers, we've got tents, sleeping bags, packs, lanterns, and thousands of accessories. Fall also means football and tailgating. Come check out the selection of grills, smokers, canopies, tables, and chairs. There's something for everyone. Sportsman's Warehouse, Utah-born. Utah Proud. Personal security is up to you as a person. TaylorGunsmithing.com Get connected with lightning fast internet and telephone service through Rise Broadband. Formerly Digis, Rise Broadband raises the bar to internet service, connecting you with family, friends, businesses, and information you need every day. Rise Broadband is dedicated to connect customers with people and things that they value most, covering rural, remote, and suburban areas. Whether you're researching the latest news, enjoying the latest blockbuster movie, or chatting with friends, Rise Broadband provides reliable connections for everyone. For more information, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. Again, that's 844-411-RISE. Play safe, play sober. BUI is boating under the influence. It is illegal to operate a motorboat while under the influence of alcohol. And in Utah, BUI penalties are the same as DUI. It will cost you money and may cost you your life. Play safe, play sober. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by Utah State Parks Boating Program. Stir. 
with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Camping in the mountains, fishing in a stream. The great outdoors is where you want to be. Mr. Ty Hunter joins us along the shoreline once again with Utah State Parks and Recreation talking about safe boating. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. I appreciate this time to be able to talk with you and talk with your listeners out there about boating safety and just being safe and being able to go home at the end of the day. We're hitting in the fall season. Water levels are dropping. This is the time we need to really pay attention, you know, to pay attention to props, pay attention to our shallow water levels and pay attention to each other, especially as we're approaching that last big holiday of the summer. That's a big deal. Is we're kind of on that eve of the last big hoorah before the kids go back to school. We want to get out there. Patience. We call it the August burn because by the time August comes around, a lot of our folks are just tired. They're tired. They just look at things and go, holy cow, I want summer to be over. We need to get a breath of fresh air. We need to get our facilities back to snuff and get them up to where we're ready for the next year. And that's not a bad thing. Everybody has a job, and you have your things done, and every now and then you like to have a slow period where you can kind of recharge. And that's also with our recreators. Our recreators are like, you know what, our summer's almost over. We've got to get this done. It's kind of that exact opposite. We've got to go, 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 because school's coming here, and then we're going to have to put our boats to sleep. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that. The folks are trying to squeeze in as many trips as they can before their kids get back into school, before basically summer's over. And a lot of times, people kind of struggle with their patient levels at this point in time. They struggle with just being patient with one another, with the people in their own party and things. And so I know it's this big rush we're trying to get folks out there and getting them, they're getting out on the water and trying to get things done before the end of the school year, they just really need to have that patience. Exercise patience. Be courteous to those that they are around. Be courteous to those that are, again, in their party. And just, we got to remember, we're on vacation. We're on vacation. We're going out to have a good time. And if things don't go right, we kind of got to remember that old saying of just let the water roll off the duck's back. Just let her try to go. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's a big thing. And everybody just needs to be patient and have a good time out there. But the most thing is, the most important thing is, is, let's not let safety, along with those patients, go out the window there. We've got to keep them in and keep practicing and doing that so we basically everybody can go home at the end of the day. And plan extra time. I think that's key in order to help your patients, too. I mean, if you push everything to the last second, if you get off the water at the end of the day and you hit one of those decontamination stations, you know the line's going to be a little bit long. So be patient. And these guys here do an amazing job at these decontamination stations. And give them the time to do what they need to do and make sure it's done right so we don't spread those quagga muscles anywhere. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I mean, that's probably one of some of our hardest hit folks that we have out there is, is folks that are out there working and trying to do this quagga prevention and containment of that. And sometimes you may go with certain expectations and the result may not be the way you want it and realize that you're not the only situation that's there. And we are trying our hardest and we are doing our best. When I say we, it's frankly the Department of Natural Resources and our federal partners. We are doing our best to try to do 
the best we can in keeping the clogged muscles where they are currently so they don't spread. And that extra little bit of time is paramount for that. We still got to be very diligent in our efforts there and with the clogged muscles. And man, if anybody does go boating there and they have to go through and see these lines and do this, Remember, you may be waiting on the ramp for 30 minutes to possibly an hour with that. Start thinking about those kids that are out there and the adults that are out there in that sun, and they're 8 to 10 hours a day standing on those ramps doing that work, climbing under a boat and having hot water drip on them as they're deconning the boat. Man, give them a thank you and tell them thanks for the great work they're doing because they really are working hard and doing their best to help prevent the spread of these muscles. They do an amazing job. Nothing but respect for them and their hard work. And I'm pretty excited. I saw you at Outdoor Retailer a few weeks ago, and I know you were looking for unique and fun ways to experience that water, different ways. And I can't wait to see what's going to be hitting the water in the next couple of years at some of our state parks. Oh, wow. Yeah. The industry is ever-changing and ever-evolving on different and fun ways to get people out on the water. And that was one of the cool things about going to that show there was just basically to see the new stuff that's out there and hitting and how the manufacturers are saying that it can be used or can't be used or just basically show the endless possibilities of use for retrofitting to brand new stuff that's out there. So it was a cool event. Like I said, it'll be here. Our folks, we keep our eyes out and try to keep it to where we can have the most fun, the most safe and enjoyable experience that we can get folks out under the water and into our state parks. We are fast approaching that big Labor Day weekend. It's the big last splash for summer. Encourage people to be particularly safe and careful, and remember boating under the influence is just as bad as driving under the influence. Yes, so people can remember that. We've had discussions, national discussions, where we've had all the 50 states and the six territories together to where we've talked about how can we address this? How can we change the perception of boating and alcohol? Right now, as it is, as people look at it as boating and alcohol is acceptable. But we need to be looking at that and saying, no, it can be as long as you have a designated operator, designated driver, just as you would be on land driving on the road. You wouldn't want to be consuming alcohol and be driving a vehicle. So what's the difference of doing so on a boat? Or to think you're a passenger and you are obeying the law and you have a designated driver while you're out on the lake that you don't have a designated driver to get yourself home from the lake. And so those are things we want to make people aware of, that you need to take that extra care and make sure that you're not harming yourself, but most importantly, harming others that are out there either on our waterways or on our own base. Even if you don't take a drop, just spending a full day out on the water under the sun and under those rocking waves and everything, there is some impairment that does happen, even without touching a drop of alcohol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anybody that spent a full day out in the lake, they're most likely going to have a very good night's sleep afterwards. And if not have a good night's sleep afterwards, they're going to feel very fatigued. They're going to feel dehydrated. And then we've all experienced, we've all been out on the boat, and then we've come in, and you want to get the shower and get all the sweat or the sunscreen off of you, and you stand in the shower and you close your eyes, and the next thing you know, you find yourself rocking back and forth with that natural movement. That is impairment. That impairs you, and we don't want people falling asleep at the wheel. We don't want them to be to the point that their three-quarters of a second of reaction time is now a second and a half. Now, making sure that we don't have any type of crashes or anything that occurs on our roadway. So 
take that extra time or precautions out there. If you have been out on the boat for a while, get a little rehab before you go out and hit the highway to go home. Take a little picnic afterwards or something or have a little barbecue somewhere on the beach or something. Or nap or something there. You know, extend your stay a little bit longer and try to get one of those power naps and stuff so you don't drive drowsy on the way home. Exactly. I think a lot of us try to do that. We try to get off the water and get the heck out of there and get home and get stuck in a lot of traffic. And then you see a lot of accidents, on the, especially those big holiday weekends, I think as a result of some of that. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big deal there. Hey, Brian, I got the information right here, and I want to just say this. July, this is what we have reported into it. This won't include anything the National Park Service provides, but we have had a third of our accidents occurred in the month of July. Wow. So July was not a very safe month when it comes to boating. So just make sure that folks, when we get towards the end of the season and getting out here and doing things, let's make August a safer month than what we had in July. Make sure we don't have any issues that may prevent folks from going home or from any type of injuries that may be affecting their lives. And then be able to not hit their pocketbook on getting repairs and things done on their boat. So... We don't want to see any more of those. Let's make sure that's the maximum we're going to see this year. Let's hope it slows way down for the rest of the year. Yeah, if we can just do that. So that's a big one there. Looking ahead a little bit, September is just right around the corner. I know Youth Waterfowl Day is just right around the corner. And a lot of times you see coming into the duck blinds or coming onto the water, a lot of watercraft that's not always ready to hit the water. Now is the time to get those watercraft put together and make sure they meet all the safety guidelines because opening day, you want to make sure that you're hitting the water safely there, too, because storms hit those waters, and it could be treacherous. Oh, it can be. We're hitting another low-water time, again, for Utah Lake, another low-water time for the Great Salt Lake, to which Farmington Bay, or we want to call it maybe Farmington Creek. The folks aren't going to be back into the protected areas. They're going to be pushing more to those big open-water areas on the fringes. And that causes concern for us. I like that you said that, is start thinking about getting your boat ready. And that's a big one. Get those little John boats, those little boats that you may not have been using throughout the summer. Let's look at them. Number one is if you've got a motor on it, how well is the motor working? You need to do a little work on that. The battery, the lighting, are you going to be staying out after sunset? And if you are staying out after sunset, make sure we have the lighting. Prevent the collision. But most importantly is look at your life jacket. Make sure you have life jackets on there. And if you need to go buy life jackets, you can buy life jackets that almost fit every camel pattern that's out there. They cater into the waterfowl crowd. And look at a life jacket that maybe is comfortable where you can wear, you can shoot with. And then you don't have to worry about if the boat overturns or if you have an emergency that occurs, about where's that life jacket, where's it stowed, just about deploying it getting it over your head or keeping you floating at that point in time, and then you could worry about others on your boat to help them out. So that's a big thing if we can get out there to our waterfowlers and kind of a future tense piece to just look out there and take not only that safety of yourself, but those you may have on your boat with you and make sure that you've got everything there in case emergency hits think ahead folks i've seen so many times opening day they overload those boats to the point that they're just maybe have a quarter inch above the water line there they just overload it too many hunters too many decoys too much other equipment and think ahead a little bit make sure you have that thought through before you get out there on the water and invite too many buddies to join you on the hunt that's a big one a lot of the guys they'll think okay you know i've got x amount of people okay i've got that 
so I'll have all my buddies on here. But then you got to start thinking. You got your decoys, so you've got gear there. And decoys mainly, most things they're going to do is take up space, but they still add weight. And then are we going to use the boat as a blind? Did we put a blind on the boat? Now those blinds can be pretty heavy, and so that's more added weight there. And oh, we're going to have a cooler for lunch and cooler for drinks, or combine the both together with that. And then we've got the dog or dogs on there. And we get some of these good waterfowling dogs in there, and they have a substantial amount of weight to them too. So you may need to be looking at that. It's that whole weight process that you would do. You wouldn't want to overweight an airplane that you're flying in to where it may fall out of the sky. You've got to start thinking about that with your boat too. Don't overload your boat where it will potentially sink or take a wave on and sink. So start thinking about those things in the future. How are you going to outfit yourself out for your, that opening day and that opening experience or even until those experience further on long throughout the season? A lot of us head out there just before the storm rolls in, and there's some good reason for that. But if you got your boat set up wrong, that will not help you. <laughs> no, it won't help you much at all with things. I can still remember one year at Utah Lake, it was just, like I said, it was like one of these weeks. It was just this crazy week that we had. It wasn't opening. It was like the second or third week in there. It was almost end of November. And late October in the first portion of November, really cold water temperatures. And we had boats being swamped by either a wake or from a wave to the point that it was simply everything put as overloaded. They were overloaded. Too many people in there with too much gear, and it just caused problems. And we about lost several hunters that year, and goodness that we didn't. But it just has always made a thing in there, and I really appreciate you bringing it up, that if we can try to get that forethought put into the season other than just going, hey, opening day next week, we've got to hurry and do this, dust this off, and here we go. Put a little bit more forethought into it, and then it'll make it to where you don't have one of those stories that scares you, scares your loved ones at home, and potentially could be life-altering or changing. One other thing we got to mention also, make sure that when you are trailering that boat, make sure you have everything secured. Make sure you're not losing your life jackets down the highway or the trailer doesn't come unhitched like we saw in the news a couple of months ago. We even had one pop off last weekend at Jordanelle. So that's a great reminder with that is, is we just need to make sure that take that time, make sure that that trailer is properly coupled to your vehicle and that you have safety chains. They are required. Safety chains are required. Make sure your lights are working. Lights, oh, my goodness, lights are like Christmas tree lights. When they decide to go on the fritz, it can be extremely frustrating and takes a little bit of time and patience to get them fixed. And so be thinking ahead of time and doing that and securing your load. Yeah, there's nothing more scary than having a vehicle in front of you and all of a sudden something pops out of that vehicle. And either you can't react and you've got to hit it or it hits you head on. It's pretty scary. And I think we've all had those circumstances as we've been traveling down our roadway. I know I have. Anything else you'd like to share with listeners out there? Anything else you'd like to get out to the listeners with regards to boating? We are trying to do a couple of neat and new things out here with a boating program when state parks. And so keep your eye out. Keep watching us. Visit boating.utah.gov. We're continually making small changes to our website. We're doing it in kind of baby steps because it's just a matter of trying to do it to where we don't take the site completely offline. 
people use it, but we are changing our site. Come and visit us. Let us know how we're doing with that. Any suggestions, what you'd want to see, we would love to have that. If you haven't liked us on Facebook, we would love to have you like us on there. Give us your input. Be involved with us, and that'll be the Utah State Parks Boating Program on Facebook. We're just trying to get out there and get folks involved and Frankly, I can't do my job without having the boating public tell me what they would like to see. And so that's some of the great things that we'd like to do is how can we improve the boating experience for the public that's out there. And folks want to learn about the latest boating conditions, if they want to learn the rules, if they want to find the latest information, your website is the trailhead for all that. It is a fact. Hey, if anybody's ever dealt with websites, they understand sometimes they're not the easiest things to work through and to get done and to get done right. But when you get them there, they're a lot of fun to be visiting and seeing the visitors' experience. And so that's what we're working towards with our boating website. So it would be a great deal. So come visit us, boating.utah.gov. You can also take an education class there, and hopefully we can see something new with our education classes and potentially lower prices if I can make that happen. So we're trying to do that where we can make these mandatory boating education classes and also the voluntary education class to where they are much more cost-effective for the folks that are out there taking them. I like the sounds of that. The more people who take these classes, the safer we all are. You got it. That is completely the truth. Compliments to you for all your efforts. Anything else you want to wrap up with? No, other than just make sure you wear your life jackets, folks. Life jackets will save your life, and they'll buy you time in an emergency. Fantastic. We'll bring you back soon, Mr. Ty Hunter with Utah State Parks and Recreation. You have a fantastic day out on the water. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate your time. Ready to ride PWCs and OHVs this summer season with Utah State Parks Online Education. OHV education is required for youth aged 8 to 15 and PWC education is required for youth aged 12 to 17. Utah's personal watercraft and off-highway vehicle youth education programs required by law are now online at www.stateparks.utah.gov. Get connected with lightning-fast internet and telephone service through Rise Broadband. Formerly Digis, Rise Broadband raises the bar to internet service, connecting you with family, friends, businesses, and information you need every day. Rise Broadband is dedicated to connect customers with people and things that they value most, covering rural, remote, and suburban areas. Whether you're researching the latest news, enjoying the latest blockbuster movie, or chatting with friends, Rise Broadband provides reliable connections for everyone. For more information, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. Again, that's 844-411-RISE. Personal security is up to you as a person. TaylorGunsmithing.com
Sportsman's Warehouse started right here in Midvale. So you probably already know Sportsman's Warehouse is the headquarters for everything hunting. And with fall fast approaching, Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need to gear up for the hunt. And for the campers, we've got tents, sleeping bags, packs, lanterns, and thousands of accessories. Fall also means football and tailgating. Come check out the selection of grills, smokers, canopies, tables, and chairs. There's something for everyone. Sportsman's Warehouse, Utah born, Utah proud. Play safe on the water. In Utah, youth 12 to 17 must pass an approved safety class prior to operating personal watercraft on Utah waters. Classes are offered statewide. Register now or get more information by calling 801-538-BOAT. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by the Utah State Parks Boating Program. Celebrate the 60th anniversary of Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. Visit Utah's crown jewels throughout the year with a wide range of activities for your entire family. From boating and fishing to special events or educational opportunities, Utah State Parks offers plenty of adventures, scenery, and memories. An annual State Park Pass gives your family day use access to most of Utah's 43 parks, featuring history, beauty, and recreation. $75 annual passes are good for 12 months from date of purchase. And don't forget to make camping reservations year-round. Options include tent sites, deluxe RV sites, cabins, yurts, and teepees. Stop by the trailhead for your next outdoor adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. Western Life Radio with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Casey Carter now joins us around the campfire with Sportsman's Warehouse, and archery hunt's well underway right now, and as I understand it, opening weekend was pretty successful for you. Yeah, it was pretty good. Got out there, had a buck scouted up, been watching for a few months now. Got in on him. He actually got bumped by a few other hunters, but I ended up circling up around him and getting it done. Pretty good morning. That is not a bad deal at all, and it wasn't luck that got it there. A lot of it was taking time to scout the area and know what was going on before the opening day started. Yeah, a lot of scouting and knowing what they'd do if they did get bumped. I'd seen them get scared a few times before, so I knew where they were headed, and having that knowledge helped me be able to get up there and cut them off. Very smart. Congratulations on that, and that was a pretty good spread on it. Yeah, he ended up scoring just over 188. Not a bad buck for a general season archery. Not bad at all, and you've actually saved yourself a lot of time for the rest of the season, and now you can spend some time with your buddies or fishing or even dove yeah, hunt. <laughs> that's for sure. Just my little brother's got a tag, and we're going to try to get him on a buck now. Which region? 17A. Well, wish him luck as well, and I think that'll be fun. It's nice to get one checked off your list early on, isn't it? Yeah, that's for sure. A lot of pressure lifted off your shoulders. Now, were you watching more than just this one? Did you have a couple other backups as I well? I had a couple other backup bucks spotted, but this is one I thought I could probably get up on and had him pretty well patterned, so ended up deciding to go after him. That is awesome. Congratulations on it, and I'm assuming you're going to be doing some jerky and some other fine meals out of it. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, with that one checked off the list, we're just a few weeks ahead also of the dove hunt. 
yeah, that ought to be a good opener. Been out looking for doves a little bit. A lot of collared doves around, still hanging around in here early season. Looks like the morning doves are starting to just move in now, so should be a good opener. Timing is everything on this. You want to especially be hunting the early couple of weeks before they start moving south. Yeah, a lot of things out there to get after with the collared doves now. You can get out and hunt them. There's no season on them. Get some permission on some land around you and get out there and hunt them before there's too much pressure. If people want to get out there and clear a few out before even the hunt gets started, those collared doves, there's no season on them. You can hunt them any time and there's no limit on them either. Yeah, it's kind of nice to get out there get a jump start on the season from everybody else. Landowner permission you touched upon, that's an incredibly important part, especially as we're starting these upland game hunts. Yeah, if you can get out and find some birds before the hunt starts, get some landowner permission, get your permission slips all signed up so you're cleared away there. It's nice to have done before the season opens. You know, you can go out and shoot some collared doves and see what else is starting to move into the area. And that's written permission. You can actually get a written permission slip printed out from the Division of Wildlife Resources website. Correct, and you know, that's kind of handy to have. That way you get all your, every point you need as far as name, address, location, everything like that, all squared away so you don't have any issues. I have a couple backup plans as well. Know where you might be able to go if someone else happens to be there when you show up opening morning. Yeah, and you never know what the birds are going to do. You know, they might move out to a different field or different location even within a few days, so it's nice to have a backup plan. And location is everything. I mean, what are some of the habitat features you're looking for to improve your success for doves? You know, a lot of the doves around here like to hang out in Russian olive thickets, any gardens that you can find that are out in people's fields, anything really of a food source. But mainly around here, a lot of Russian olive thickets is what's holding the birds right now. Sunflowers are a big deal for them. Water sources are also a very big deal. Yeah, a lot of small ponds around, too, that are holding birds later in the evening when they're coming to drink. If you can intercept them before they hit that water source or on their way back, that really helps. Yeah, it really helps. One thing that will help you do that, if you get some motion decoys, Mojo's got a couple things out, the Mojo Dove, Mojo Wing thing. They actually work pretty good. They're really effective. A lot of guys out there have been hunting ducks and waterfowl with them for quite a few years, but a lot of people don't know they work as good as they do on doves. You know, that's actually pretty clever. It's kind of cutting-edge stuff right now, and like you say, very few people actually know that these even exist, and boy, that does up your chances of connecting a few more birds. Yeah, I was surprised the first time I went out and used them. You know, you can pull them right off their flight path right into where you're hunting, get them right in there close. What are you looking for for decoys when you use these? As long as you got motion, black and white flashing is mainly what these wings are doing, just simulating landing birds. If you ever watch any doves get up out of a field or anything, you can kind of see the flash of their wings even from a couple hundred yards away, so they're looking for that too. I think it makes them feel safe. They've already got a couple birds in there, and they'll commit right to you. Where are you placing these decoys? Usually 20 to 30 yards in front of you. It's kind of nice if you can get them out in front of your cover. It kind of takes their attention off of you and onto the motion decoy. Gives you a little more leeway to not spook your birds. You know, one thing that is kind of ironic in many ways, it's one of the first hunts of the season, the first upland game hunts, and they are so fast. You've got to have your game on to really uh, knock a few of these down. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, choke tubes play a big role in it, too. If you've got your birds coming in close, more open cylinder choke's going to help you out. But if you have to end up pass shooting them because you can't get them to come in, it's nice to have those fuller, tighter chokes to reach out there a little ways. That is true. And what suggestions do you have for folks out there who may have never shot a dove before? 
if you've never shot a dove and you're just going out to a place, you don't know if you're going to be able to decoy them or not. Anything like improved cylinder, if you're getting them in close, is going to be nice. Modified and full chokes, if you're getting them out there a little further. If you're using too big of a shell, even, you know, you can kill them with anything from 410 up. If you're using the 12 gauge, it's kind of nice to use just light target loads, one ounce or ounce and an eighth loads, and seven and a half or eight shot. It doesn't take a whole lot to knock them down. You know, it's a great hunt for young hunters, too. Those youth hunters, really, this is something that gets their blood to pump in and gets them quite excited. Yeah, if you got some newer kids you want to introduce in hunting, it's kind of nice to be able to get them out there, get a lot of shooting in. It's not really boring, just waiting around. Don't really have to be quiet. You can joke around, laugh with your buddies, and still have a good time and shoot a few birds. And you know one thing also, these birds are pretty fast. You want to make sure everyone has blaze orange on them. You know where your shot zones are, too. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have blaze orange because even if, you know, your buddies are careful and everybody that's with you is, it doesn't mean that everybody else in the other fields are. If you've got people on the landowners next to your property, if you've got trees between you, it's kind of nice to have orange or some bright colors on so that they know you're there. They don't end up having a mishap. Just a quick reminder on the hunts, if you have a mixed bag between the collar doves and the regular doves, you want to make sure that you don't pluck them so they can be identified by the game officers. That's correct. Even though those collar doves are bigger, you're still supposed to be able to keep them separated and be able to identify them so you don't run into any problems there. That could make a real bad day in a hurry. That's for sure. If you do decide to clean them up and pluck them and everything, then they do count as your regular bag limit as if they were not Eurasian collar doves. That's correct. Again, lots of shooting. You want to bring plenty of shells. Yeah, that's for sure. And get shells when you can right now. They're kind of starting to go fast. Pretty hot commodity. So if you're planning on going out, you can find shells. I'd get them right now just so you had them on hand. Make sure that you don't get to the day before the hunt and not have any bullets to shoot. You make an excellent point. Ammunition certainly has been a tight squeeze this whole past year, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Not only just rifle ammo, but shotgun ammo has been flying off the shelves pretty quick, too. I'm hearing statistics nationwide that there are a lot of new shooters coming on board, and as a result, it just has created quite a demand on ammunition as well as firearms. That really has, and it's not only hunters, but if you think about it, all the trap shooters and stuff like that are looking to buy the same shells that the dove hunters are going to buy. So a lot of clubs coming in here and buying quite a few shells at one time. They're still kind of hard to find. Well, bottom line, shotgun shooting is a lot of fun, and it's a great sport no matter whether you're hunting animals or whether you're shooting skeet or trap or whatever. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a good time to get out and laugh, joke with your buddies. Like I said, if you're getting some kids into it, you don't have to really be quiet like you do in other hunting situations. You can laugh and joke and don't have to stay so hidden and quiet. Any other tips or suggestions for new hunters out there? Just get out there, do a little preseason scouting. If you can, get you some motion decoys. If not, just find some transition points between where they're flying at night to go get water and where they're feeding. Just try to catch them right in between there, and you should have a pretty good hunt this year. Keep in mind, folks, that they do move south. Right now, a couple storms is all it takes to start pushing them south. That's right. That's a good point. If you get out there right now, if you want to get in on some early season, shoot some of those collared doves. There's quite a few of them around. There are plenty of them, and they certainly have exploded the last several years. Yeah, a lot of them in the cities. You know, they're still moving into fields and stuff to eat, but there's a lot of them to go around. And make sure you can identify them before you pull that trigger, if that's what you're doing. 
Yeah, that's another thing that's nice about having that motion decoy. You know, you can get them right in there close and even land them. Make sure you identify that they are collared doves and, you know, they are bigger and you can see that band around their neck. But got to make sure that's what they are before you shoot them. You know, the other nice thing about these upland game hunts is that it's so much easier to get a permit. You can pick up your permit even the day before the hunts began. Yeah, it doesn't cost that much. That's another thing that's nice to get the kids into it. Just get a combination license or a small game license, and that's about all you need. Get you started. And I know there's some really good folks over at Sportsman's Warehouse that are willing to share some advice, get them started on the right foot. Yeah, we've got quite a few knowledgeable guys here to help you out, help you find some shells, and show you some of the decoys and motion stuff that they've got out on the market now. How do you prepare your doves? How do you prepare them for the table? You know, there's a couple different ways. You can either fry them. I like to personally put some spices and stuff with them, slow cook them in like a crock pot or pressure cooker. Kind of helps with getting them so they're a little more tender to eat. Do you just primarily just keep the breasts then? There's not a ton of meat on the rest of the bird. Yeah, usually you can take the breast off. There's a little bit of meat you can get off the legs and stuff like that, but most of the meat's going to come off the breast. And again, if you take care of them properly and quickly, you'll ensure that you got the best flavor on them, too, especially on these hot temperature days that we may still have. Yeah, that's for sure. If you can carry a cooler or something like that to put them in, even right after you harvest them, it kind of helps to get them cooled off as soon as you can. You know, a lot of people complain sometimes about the gaminess, and a lot of times that's our own fault, I've noticed, because it just doesn't get taken care of as well as it should be. Yeah, if you take care of them well, and you can season them with a few different things that make them pretty good, and I like to soak them, you know, marinate them in something like orange juice. Any citrus stuff helps a lot with that gamey flavor. I can see them out on the grill, just delicious as can be. Yeah, it's coming right up. It'll be here before you know it. You got my mouth watering already. <laughs> Dove hunt is amazing. It's a great hunt. Lots of shooting. Lots of fun for the entire family. Before you head out, it doesn't hurt to pattern that shotgun. Know what you're going to be doing with the ammunition you'll be using. Yeah, that's for sure. There's a bunch of different ammo out there, and every gun's different. You know, every gun with different choke tubes is going to throw a different pattern with different shells. So that's a good point to get out there and see what your gun's doing. Know what you're doing before you pull that first trigger opening day. That's right. And I guess one other thing we had to mention probably, I know there's a lot of other folks out there. You know, everyone's excited on opening day. Everyone's excited to get out there. Make sure we're courteous to other hunters. We're all kind of on the same team here. Make sure that we don't create any conflicts to ensure that we can have many more fun days of field too. That's right. There's plenty of birds out there to go around. There's no reason to get in any fights or anything over it. You know, most of the guys out there, even if they are on property next to you, you don't have permission on if you go over and talk to them. Most guys are going to be pretty courteous to you, and you can work something out so that everybody gets a lot of shooting in. Exactly. Make sure we all play nicely together. That's right. Where are you located? If folks want more information, how to get out there and to do it right. I work at the Provo Sportsman's Warehouse store. We've got a couple stores around here, though, one in Midvale, probably the next closest to us. But any one of the Sportsman's Warehouse around here, we've got a bunch of knowledgeable guys working here that will be able to help you out. Easy to access. Uh, freeway exit right to your store. That's correct. We're just on 1075 South University Avenue right here in Provo, so pretty easy to find. Yes, it is. And the website, if people want to do a little pre-shopping or even shopping after midnight when the stores normally close, that's easy to access, too. That's right. You know, it's just sportsmanswarehouse.com. Get on there and see what we've got. Um, if you can't find something in one of the stores, you can usually find it on there, and we'll be able to get it to you. From the looks of it, it should be a good dove hunt. That's what I'm hearing. I'm seeing plenty of doves around our neighborhood. They have certainly made their presence known. 
Yeah, they're moving right in, and it should be coming up here quick. I guess one other thing we ought to mention, and it's kind of common sense, when you're shooting, you're not shooting around the roads, the highways. I've seen some knuckleheads sometimes do that, and you don't want to be shooting near the roads, folks. There are some laws and regulations there. Yeah, that's correct. Even if you are away from the roads far enough to be legal and within the restrictions, it's still not a good idea to be shooting towards them. And I guess one other thing we ought to mention is, you know, there's been a lot of development and growth throughout uh, Utah County and many other surrounding counties as well, and a lot of areas have been closed to shooting because that's been gobbled up by cities. Yeah, that's right. You've got to make sure that you're within all the restrictions and not breaking any laws, and that's pretty easy to do. If you have any questions, you can call the division office. They'll be able to help you out. Know where you're going to be legal and know where you can shoot safely, and you certainly don't need an extra visit from the sheriff or somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that, that can ruin your day in a hurry. Casey, I want to, again, thank you for taking a few minutes with us, and congratulations also on the big buck you bagged last weekend. Yeah, thanks. We will talk with you soon again. All right. Thank you. Celebrate the 60th anniversary of Utah State Parks with an annual State Parks Pass. Visit Utah's crown jewels throughout the year with a wide range of activities for your entire family. From boating and fishing to special events or educational opportunities, Utah State Parks offers plenty of adventures, scenery, and memories. An annual State Park Pass gives your family day use access to most of Utah's 43 parks, featuring history, beauty, and recreation. $75 annual passes are good for 12 months from date of purchase. And don't forget to make camping reservations year-round. Options include tent sites, deluxe RV sites, cabins, yurts, and teepees. Stop by the trailhead for your next outdoor adventure at stateparks.utah.gov. When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement's been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com. Sportsman's Warehouse started right here in Midvale, so you probably already know Sportsman's Warehouse is the headquarters for everything hunting. And with fall fast approaching, Sportsman's Warehouse has everything you need to gear up for the hunt. And for the campers, we've got tents, sleeping bags, packs, lanterns, and thousands of accessories. Fall also means football and tailgating. Come check out the selection of grills, smokers, canopies, tables, and chairs. There's something for everyone. Sportsman's Warehouse, Utah-born. Utah Proud. Did you know that Utah's off-highway vehicle and personal watercraft youth education programs required by law are now online at www.stateparks.utah.gov? All youth must carry this certification while operating on Utah's waters or public lands. OHV education is required for youth aged 8 to 15 and PWC education is required for youth aged 12 to 17. 
Get connected with lightning fast internet and telephone service through Rise Broadband. Formerly Digis, Rise Broadband raises the bar to internet service, connecting you with family, friends, businesses, and information you need every day. Rise Broadband is dedicated to connect customers with people and things that they value most, covering rural, remote, and suburban areas. Whether you're researching the latest news, enjoying the latest blockbuster movie, or chatting with friends, Rise Broadband provides reliable connections for everyone. For more information, visit risebroadband.com or call 844-411-RISE. Again, that's 844-411-RISE. Play safe. Boating accidents happen quickly. You never know when you might end up in the water. Wear your life jacket and have a throwable life preserver on board. Remember, Utah boaters wear it. Call 801-538-BOAT. Visit stateparks.utah.gov. This message brought to you by the Utah State Parks Boating Program. to Western Life Radio with your host, Brian Brinkerhoff. Mr. Curtis G. Marsh joins us around the campfire once again, and we are at the end of summer for many kids. Uh, summer is come and gone. School has already started for many youth, and the topic is called Back to the Future, isn't it? Absolutely, Brian, and it's great to be with you again. I appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts here on your show. I kind of got a little preview of what we're talking about today, and folks, this is going to be a great topic in preparation for the school year. Well, Brian, I appreciate that. I was thinking about some remarks based on our conversation last week, and as my daughter, I have two daughters. One graduated last year, and my youngest is a junior in high school, and I got thinking about some messages or some advice and things that I've given them at the beginning of each school year. So I wanted to title my comments today a little bit differently than just going back to school. This is really, in my opinion, back to the future. This is their future that they're dealing with. We focus on going back to school and the academic side of things, but this is truly back to the future. And I want to say that if you're worried as a parent about how your reactions to your children's behavior will shape or shatter their self-concept, their self-confidence, and erase any hopes of their future success, you're not alone. There's a study out there, and I don't have the actual origin of the study, but it's a 12-year study that links the 83% of teenagers who become increasingly distant from their parents. They become violent, they become hostile, cruel by design, to how you as a parent, to how us as parents communicate, teach, relate, and discipline our children. So I wanted to title this Back to the Future because I think it's more relevant than just sending a child back to school. And if we focus on that, I think the perception and the design that we create for these children in their minds is going to be a lot deeper and more impactful. You think about it, this is the preparatory ground for their future and how we set this foundation will determine how they approach life. Absolutely. This is a very pivotal moment. Going back to school, I've always given advice to my daughters and starting back when they began their first day of kindergarten, I had two young daughters, two years apart. And I was looking for something very profound to say. And they looked at me with that glaze in their eyes, the fear, the anxiety of going into a new place, school, summer was winding down. And I looked at those little, small, innocent faces. And in the beginning, I had just a very simple phrase. And it was work hard, play hard, 
pick good friends. And that was my advice to them. And it's still sound advice, but I've gotten a little bit deeper over the years with them as they have evolved in their understanding and education. And so I've evolved with my message. Well, my oldest has graduated now, but my youngest daughter, who's now a junior in high school, began last Thursday. I wrote her some thoughts. I talked to her, and I also posted this on Facebook. And I want to share that with you because my thoughts have evolved, and so has my advice as they have gotten older. From work hard, play hard to pick good friends to this. And this is what I wrote. As my youngest daughter begins her junior year in high school today, I have added a few things to our morning ritual of advice and a hug before she heads out the door. It began the first day of kindergarten as I sought some wisdom to impart. It is this. Work hard, play hard, pick great friends. And I've expanded on that, Brian, a little bit, and here's my addition. Make choices by doing the next right thing, not the next crowd-based thing, but the next right thing. The choices you make during this time of your life and the friends you associate with will greatly impact your life going forward. So align yourself with greatness. Get involved in school functions and activities. Don't just sit around and watch. Seek out that kid that may be bullied or struggling to fit in. Friend them and encourage others to do the same. Respect your teachers. Their job is tough. And lastly, be your true, authentic self, a leader and example to others, not giving yourself to the negative peer pressure that exists. I love you, my beautiful daughter. I believe in you. Now go and make your positive mark in this world. I like that. That sets a tone, doesn't it, for your life? It does, and I think that she was not only impressed with my ability to expand on what I've been telling her throughout the years, but she actually took and printed this off. And it's something that we review. We try to review it at least once a day. My daughters live about four hours from me. So we connect through telephone or live. But it's important to review daily, whether it's at the close of the day or the beginning of the day or both. These conversations that you've had and, and this advice that I just shared, I'm trying to instill and ingrain that in my daughter's head so that when she thinks about walking out that door and walking into the school doors, she has that in her mind. And hopefully those decisions and choices that she makes during the day will be based upon that advice. When you think about it, I mean, if you have a game plan in place, it's like going on the football field. I mean, if you don't have a game play in place, you end up getting tagged there, and that'll put you off the sideline. It'll take you offline for a while. You're right. You're absolutely right. So that's my advice to my daughters, and I hope it is something that others can take and use as well. My second topic here and going back to the future is go back with them. You know, we as parents, we make a huge mistake sometimes. We're great at giving advice and counseling and teaching and maybe reprimanding, helping them set goals. But how actively do we truly get involved in their success? If this is their future, if they're truly going back to their future, go back with them. Get involved. Get to know their teachers. Get to know them. Let those teachers know. My kids' teachers know that although I'm four hours away, I can see their grades through the computer. I go down there and I visit with the teachers as much as possible. But get to know their teachers. It does many things. Number one, the teacher now knows that there's an active parent, and in our case, two parents. Their mom is also very actively involved in their life, and I'm grateful for that. But when you get to know the teachers, they have a sense that, hey, this child now has a parent that is actively involved in making sure that they succeed, and that is important. Get to know their friends also is the second point that I want to make. Get to know their friends. Who are they associating with? Where are they associating with them? What 
types of kids are these? What types of decisions and choices and families do they come from? It's important. It's not judgmental. It's being an active, responsible parent and getting involved with them, not only going back to school, but back to their future. I also think it's important to set time to help them study, create that area and that space so that they feel comfortable, that they know that they can go there, have a set time to get their studies done. I know as a kid, Brian, I used to procrastinate till wee hours of the night and clear up until the deadline. And not only does it cause stress on the child, but it causes stress on the parents. And my grades didn't reflect those late night studies very well. So set that time aside. That's a first thing first. Come home, get those studies done, help them, get involved with them, see what they're learning. Because I'll tell you, today, my daughters bring home more homework, and it's more complicated than I ever remember in my years of schooling. So get involved. Limit their time to social media. This is huge. An average of 133 texts per day are sent by our kids. That's way too much, in my opinion, especially during school. And we've talked about effective communication and so forth. I'm not a big fan of texting and so forth. But social media is a double-edged sword. We can use it to our advantage. We can also have it totally destroy us because it's a huge time waster. So limit their time to those things. Watch their texts. Privacy is something that our kids want, but they have to earn that right to some of that privacy. I can tell you from experience that my youngest daughter has a texting problem. I watch the phone bill, and I can tell you I watch the number of texts, and I can tell you that her grades are going down by the number of texts that she has. I'll call her up and I'll say, Sierra, how's your grades? And she'll say to me, they're great, Dad. No, they're not. I don't think so. She says, why do you say that? And I say, well, your texts have gone up substantially. Well, that's okay, Dad. I can still text and get good grades. I said, no, you can't. And I help her do the math, and we put a little humor in it. It's okay, so we have a good relationship, but you cannot you cannot be texting this much and be efficient in schoolwork. And so there's a direct correlation, at least in my household, between texting, social media, and grades. So limit that. The other point I want to make here in going back to the future with them, being involved as a parent, is create accountability. Create accountability. Track their progress. It is easier. It is so much easier to build a child up than to repair a teen or broken adult. It's too late. So if we don't set standards, if we don't set boundaries, if we don't hold them accountable, if we don't monitor and get involved, we're going to have a teen or an adult that we're going to have a tough, tough time repairing. So it's easier to build a child and groom a child and align a child than it is to refine a broken teen or adult. I like the way you put that. There's a moldable time when they're very flexible and they'll grow and they'll change. I mean, it's like concrete. When it's wet and when it's moist still, when it's fresh, there's a lot of things you can do it. You can mold it. You can shape it. But once that sets, it gets to be a lot more harder. It's the same thing with steel. You know, I mean, we talked with your good friend, the blacksmith. And while it's hot and while the iron's hot, you can strike and mold it and shape it. But when it starts cooling down, then you can beat on it all day, and it gets to be a lot more difficult to get the job done. Yeah, you use some great analogies there, Brian. It's like clay or anything else that we can shape and mold. We can do that. We can help assist them and help them set the proper guidance and boundaries and align themselves. So absolutely get involved. Get involved in their lives. The third point I want to make here in going back to the future is teach the right things. Teach the right stuff about life. It's beyond the classroom. We can go and teach them to get good grades, and academically that's great. But we are their most important teacher. We may not be their favorite teacher, 
but we are their most important teacher in their lives. So teach them the things beyond the classroom. Take the moments that you have with them and spending the time to pivot and teach them some life lessons. Don't relate to academics necessarily, but relate to life because this is really an opportunity to teach and mold beyond the classroom. One of those things would be to attend their school activities tender school activities and functions. I played sports in high school and I can't tell you how many times I sat there or I was out on the field or I was out on the court and I caught a glimpse of my parents in the stands. It might have been my father or it might have been my mother or both, but I caught a glimpse of them. And sometimes I was embarrassed. Certain ages in our life, we don't want our parents to see us and to get involved in school activities. But I will tell you that it made my day. It made me believe in myself. It made me feel important. It made me want to excel and exceed. And although I may have been a little bit embarrassed by having my parents at school functions, it meant the world to me. And to this day, I will never forget their attendance at school activities and functions. Set goals with your children. Set goals, beliefs, and boundaries. This is all part of teaching the right stuff beyond the classroom. So when you set the goals, the beliefs, and the boundaries, and rewards, reward them with your time. Reward them with things that are important to them. I don't believe, I'm not a believer at all, in rewarding a child for doing the right thing, meaning schoolwork, cleaning their rooms, the necessary things that are just life things that, hey, they're not negotiable items. They're not items that we have to reward. But when a child does believe in themselves and they hit these goals, it's important to reward them with time, time together. Both parents taking that child out to dinner to celebrate, educate, and motivate that child to continue to keep doing. Maybe it's some ice cream or something like that. But I see too many parents falling in the trap of rewards with money or an iPad or a car, whatever it may be. You're really teaching a bad lesson here. Okay, reward them with your time. It'll have a greater, longer-lasting impact on their lives. So in summary, Brian, teach, hold them accountable, allow free agency of choice. We can teach all that we want, but true knowledge and experience is gained through their choices, our choices as individuals. Wisdom comes in learning from others, and I think we all have a mix of that. Get involved. To summarize the get involved and going back to the future with them, get involved by going back. Be their partner. Cheer them on. Help them. It's tough. When carrying a firearm, always treat it as if it were loaded. Always keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on target and you're ready to fire. Never let your muzzle point at anything you're not willing to destroy. And always be sure of your target, its environment, and any other safety hazards. This announcement's been brought to you by TaylorGunsmithing.com.
Yes, you've been listening to Western Life Radio, a 25-year outdoor and Western lifestyle tradition. Thanks for joining us. May all your days be filled with new adventures. I'm Brian Brinkerhoff.